Hello and welcome to Queer Me Out, Chasing Tales, the podcast that brings you tales of epic destinations told through queer voices. I'm Harriet Rose, a presenter and DJ. Today, we'll be chasing tales about Rome with Kenny Carpenter. Kenny Carpenter is one of the original Saturday Night Resident DJs at Studio 54 and considered by his peers to be one of the forefathers of dance music. He emerged on the New York club scene in the 1970s and has continued to play an integral role in the development of dance music. In this week's episode, we'll be heading to Rome with Kenny. We'll be exploring some of his earliest memories in the ancient city, his first DJ experiences there, and the ways Rome has changed his life and perspectives. Queer Me Out Chasing Tales is a Gay Times and W Hotels original podcast series. Kenny Carpenter, I'm so excited to be chatting to you. How are you doing? You're live from New York right now. How is it over there? Very, very nice. Very nice. You know, people are trying to get back to normal after this horrible, you know, year and a half. But we're making it. We're all in this together. Exactly. Exactly right. Well, listen, let's start off with finding out about Kenny Carpenter. Who are you? Who is Kenny Carpenter? Listen, I'm one of eight children. Born in Brooklyn, New York, loved music all my life. And that love of music has given me the opportunity to travel the world and bring happiness to so many thousands of people. And I'm grateful for that. And so are we. We're very grateful for that as well, because you have been bringing joy to so many people. Huge question. This could take us days to answer because I can imagine there's a lot of stories. But tell me about Studio 54. I mean, some of the greatest people in the world were hanging out there. Andy Warhol, Tina Turner, Grace Jones, Stevie Wonder, Liza Minnelli. What was it like for you, Kenny Carpenter, in Studio 54? Well... I never dreamed that I would ever get the job working at Studio 54. Because before that, I used to work lights. I used to be a light man for seven years. And I worked next to this famous DJ named Walter Gibbons. And uh, just so happened, I happened to be in the right place at the right time. The DJ had taken a break. And um, I had taken over the music at this club called The Inferno on 19th Street in New York. And promoters walked in, hired me to play there. And it was... I want to tell you one thing. People make a big deal about... You know, the celebrities that went to Studio 54, so many of them. But Studio 54 was always the star of the show, no matter who was there or no matter what DJ was playing. It was the club that was the star. I love that. Right, I'm telling you. Was it just in the walls? Like, was it just bleeding out of the energy of the room and the and the place itself? No, no. The thing is that Studio 54 is a theatre. And that theater is 100 years old. So a theater to me is similar to a church. You know, when you have all of the thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people that have gathered there in that 100 years, that creates a spiritual vibe in the, in the venue. It's like a, a spirit that's already there. It doesn't, you know, it's so powerful. Yeah, and you can't, you can't recreate that, can you? Right. And because it was a theater, it was already acoustically fine-tuned for the music. You had already been acoustically fine-tuned over the 100 years. It was an amazing room. Magical. Would you say there was one magical moment that you can remember? Like, what was the one piece of Studio 54 that you keep in your mind fresh still to this day? The logo. The logo is forever. That's one of those logos that will be around for, like, the next thousand years. I mean, the whole club itself is just 
and energy and to have been part of that, especially in the early stages of you becoming a DJ. I mean, that's formative learning, isn't it? Going to Studio <laughs> 54. Yeah, but it's not just that. But, you know, now when you go out and you go to venues and you see all of these multiple DJs, we didn't have that in the 70s and the 80s. There was usually one DJ and you had to, to bust out a, a 10-hour set with vinyl. Your set starts at 11 p.m. and it ends at 9. So that was normal for the DJs back then. And so really, we don't know how lucky we are now to have things on USBs and not be carrying like hundreds. I mean, I cannot imagine playing for 10 hours. You know, playing music now has become so easy. You know, you just get there and press the button and turn up the volume. That's what most of these, you know, what I see happening. Because the, the songs, a lot of the songs were live recordings during those days, you had to know how to mix. Do you think it's different now? I think it's very different now. I think it's become very repetitive and robotic in a way of music. Because, you know, true music is not really meant to be digital. I just think that we're caught up in repetition and capitalism. And that's hurt the music in a way. And, and I'm going to tell you another thing, right? The typical DJ that goes out now to play out of set, he can't play no more than 25 songs. It's a very <laughs> different ball game because my version of beat matching does not involve, you know, having to beat match. Sometimes if I play older live music, it's hard to do that. And to hear you getting into that of having to understand the chord structures and like how each instrument works, like that is a talent. I mean, we already know you have a talent, but what is another surprising fact about you, Kenny Carpenter? Well, one thing that a lot of people don't know about me is that I'm an amazing cook. Ooh, what's the go-to dish? Uh, spaghetti with cherry tomatoes and shrimp. Ooh, that sounds... I'm. You're making me hungry, Kenny. But here, I can't prepare it in America the way I can prepare it in Italy. Because there you could get like a whole pound and a half of juicy cherry tomatoes. So sweet, dolce. You know what I'm saying? And, oh. and, and uh, uh, for $2. And what I do when I'm in Italy is I cook that down and I make my own sauce. I don't use jarred sauce on a day. I make my own sauce and I put the garlic and the fresh parsley in there. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Kenny, you're really making me hungry now. All of my friends, when they come to my house and run, they're like, oh, my God, you know, this tastes like my mother's cooking. How did you do it? <laughs> How does traveling make you feel? I'm not a happy flyer. I like flying, but... You know, I've always been a little bit nervous about the turbulence and all that, but I'm getting much better at it now. But it's it's difficult too. It can be tiring flying. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Especially when you Absolutely. when you work, when you work as a DJ and sometimes hopping from one country to the next. You know, my hat is off to people who do that. Mm. But it's so amazing, like you know, when you leave somewhere like New York City or you leave Italy and you find yourself in Thailand on the beach. Or you find yourself in Switzerland in the Alps. I mean, it's just so magical when you arrive in these places and you sample the food and enjoy the culture and everything. Oh, you've got the right idea, Kenny. You've got the right idea. You, have you ever had fondue? Oh, it's my favourite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can tell we need to get together and eat some food, Kenny, because right. we've clearly got the same, we've clearly got the same likes. In Greece, you know, when you go to Greece and you taste the feta and you realise that you've just never had feta before, the true one, until you had it in Greece. Yeah. Yeah, for those wondering, fondue is when you, you have either boiled cheese, cooked cheese, melted cheese or oil where you can cook things in a big pot and it's absolutely stunning. 
We're chasing tails with you in Rome, Kenny. So to kick things off, I want to get us warmed up. You know, I want to get us ready to get really in-depth. So we're going to do a quick fire round. Are you ready for this? Yes. All right, let's go. Flip-flops or sliders? Flip-flops. Advanced packing or on the day? Advanced packing. Oh, good boy. Room service or eat out? Eat out. Yes. Go out, out or chill vibes? Go out, out. Yes, we expect nothing less from Kenny Carpenter. Of course. Um, Live out of a suitcase or unpack into the hotel's wardrobe? Live out of a suitcase. (laughs) The life of a DJ. (laughs) All right, Kenny, we're going to move on to some Rome-specific ones. Okay, Mm. pizza or pasta? Pasta. Yes. Arty or party? Party. And (laughs) arty, both. Yeah, yeah. Because I love museums and galleries too, so I'll probably do both. I could come from the club and then go to the museum in the morning. I love that. We love to hear it. Mm. Um, Cocktails or wine? Cocktails. The club or the Colosseum? The club. And finally, history or modern art avant-garde? Modern art avant-garde. Very well done, Kenny. You smashed that round. Thank you. (laughs) Without hesitation, you got all of those nailed. All right, it's time to get a little bit nostalgic now about Rome. I want to get into your history with this area and all of your memories and and kind of what you've learned from there. How did you first end up in Rome? What's your first ever memory of being there? When when I first moved to Rome, I didn't have an apartment. I just picked up and just left and just moved there. You know what I'm saying? No apartment. Oh, my gosh. So I stayed in this hotel for like three months. You know, one of the greatest things about Rome is that you can walk. I'm a big walker. I yeah. walk for 10 miles every day. Well, you're a New Yorker, so you right. have to be. Right, and Rome is also a great walking city. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest things about Rome is you could live there for years and years, and every time you walk out of your house, you see something different that you never mm-hmm. noticed yes. before. I mm-hmm. love that. You discover some place that you've never seen or some statue or some monument, you know, things that you can't imagine that you've run into. Are you excited for finding more things that you've never seen before when you move back there? Yes, absolutely. And I'm excited to get back with old friends that I haven't seen in a long time, too. I bet. We've discussed you're from New York and the W Hotels brand has also started. They started in New York and now you're about to move to W Rome to start your residency. Do you see parallels between how New York and Rome have changed over the years in terms of both the LGBTQ plus music scene and also people in general? Well... You know what I see in Rome, not just Rome, but all over Italy, is a lot of the greatest venues that they had are closing down. Mm. And it's not just in Rome, but this is a a worldwide thing that's happening. Clubs are closing down. The reason why is because when we started this Mm. in the 70s and the 80s, 
one of the reasons that we went out is we wanted to pick up a boy or a girl. Mm. You wanted to pick somebody up and you wanted to get laid. You understand? Yeah, I do very much so. That's a part of what was going on. Yeah. In the straight clubs and the gay clubs. Mm -hmm. Well, it was pick up. It was like the only place you can meet other people of your age, right? Mm, Yeah, but but not just that. So it was pre-AIDS epidemic. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, when that disease came, that changed everything. Mm. But but before that, it was wild. Studio 54, that was one of the great things that people used to have sex there. Really? Yeah, because they had those tiers of balconies and it was dark up there. Wow. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It was a lot of sex going on in Studio 54, in the Paradise Garage, bombs. Big clubs like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that used to be one of the things. So it used to be a lot naughtier than it is now, then. Yes. You know what I see happening now in Italy is a lot of the larger clubs are closing, and they're opening a lot of bars. The dark room bars are back. Oh, Even yeah. in New York. The dark rooms and the bookshops and all of that, that's back in popular. I see that. I'd love to discuss like your life as a queer black man in New York in the early days versus now. Like that change must have been monumental in your time, you know, when you were out socializing to have that big change must have been massive. I've been pretty much out gay since I was like 19 years old. Yeah. So I don't understand, you know, like once my family found out about it or whatever, I just felt, you know, a sense of relief and freedom after that. You know, and another thing, you know, I traveled around the world. And I played in gay clubs and I played in straight clubs. And you know one thing? I don't think that music has really anything to do with sexuality or race or language. You know what I'm saying? It has its own Mm -hmm. language, you know? Yeah. So when I'm in my travels, whatever, people know that I'm gay, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm always well respected. I Mm -hmm. give and I receive respect. As you should. As you should receive respect. You're Mm -hmm. an incredibly iconic man. And I think that's a really wonderful thing to note as well for a lot of our listeners is that your queerness or your your sexuality hasn't affected your career in that way. Especially in that time when a lot of people's careers were affected Mm -hmm. by that, you know. Are you planning to be in Italy forever or is is New York still calling you because I know you have family ties there? Listen, I will always belong to two continents. You know, I have, you know, my family in New York, but I also have my family in Italy, too. I got to get back to them. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I was there for like 21 years. You know, I've seen people's children go from adolescence to adults. My friend's family, they call me Zio. Zio is uncle. Uncle Kenny. Aww. They see me as their uncle. That's magical. Is there a moment you realized that this city was one of your favorite places to be? When I first laid my eyes on Rome, when I first saw all the monuments and the, the city center, the Pantheon, Colosseum, all of that, it just sunk into my heart. I fell in love with the city. The best time to see Rome is at night. Just go out and just take like a 30-minute walk because Rome is so beautiful at night. Gorgeous. I'm going to have to do that when I head over there because you're giving me all the best tips, Kenny. I'm so grateful. Thank you. You know, there's a gay bar in Rome called Coming Out. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And there's another gay bar right next to it, but Coming Out is the most popular one. Oh, what a great name. Yeah. And it's not too far from the Coliseum and it was a 15 minute walk from my house. Because oh I my lived, gosh, Yes, perfect. I lived on Via Cavour, so I used to go over there for drinks all the time. And that's sort of like the gay, the, the little gay zone in um, Rome. 
Well, that's perfect sort of segue into my next question. From one queer person to another, what is the queer scene like in Rome? Obviously, we have coming out, the bar you just told us about, but what is the scene like? Or is it just located to kind of a couple of bars and then it disperses into the normal clubs, into the general clubs? They have this zone by the Colosseum, and that's the most popular, one of the most popular gay zones there. But in Italy, um, in Rome, they seem like they have little pockets of gay zones, but they're not big. Yeah. You know, most of the gay people, they don't have like a gay zone the way they have in, in other cities because most gay people, they still live with their families. They don't leave their family to go move into a gay zone or whatever. They yeah. want to be close to the family, especially now, especially in the last like 20 years or whatever, because there's not a lot of opportunity for young people to make a good living in Italy. So many of them, they stay with their families until like 40 years old. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of little pockets of queer areas across the city then. You can find a friendly face in a lot of places around Rome, which is great. Yeah, some gay bars and, you know, you find a few places or whatever. Yeah, and then they have the um, the festival, the big festival called Village Roma. And that's an annual event every year. I don't know whether you've heard about it, but it's a huge festival. It's a gay festival. It's held every year in Rome. Oh, that sounds amazing. Is it incredible? Have you been to it before? I have. I've been to a couple of times. It's very nice. Another thing about Rome, they have this club called Cube Club. Yeah. Yeah, it's been open for like, oh my God, maybe 25 years or whatever. But they have a Friday night, a Friday gay night there called Mucasina. Oh, I love it. Right. And it's a wonderful club because it's got this this old loft kind of vibe to it. You know what I'm saying? The place is like a loft. Yeah. Um, it gets a real, a real diverse mix of people. You got straight and gay people, but it's mostly a gay club, but a lot of straight guys and girls want to do there too. And it turns into a real fun atmosphere because everybody's open-minded and drunk. Honestly, this chat is so wonderful because I'm literally going to write every single thing down that you're saying mm. and get myself to Rome ASAP. But tell me about tell me about some of your favorite things to do in Rome because I know you've mentioned you love to walk, so you love mm. to walk and explore, but what are some of the other things you like to do in Rome? I like to go to a lot of the museums they have there. They have some beautiful museums. And not just that. Just walk around, just walk throughout everywhere and you see history and monuments and things that you can can imagine sculptures and art just everywhere so is rome just sort of like one big museum yes absolutely if rome was a cocktail what would it be cuba libre oh what's that that is havana rum have you ever had havana rum yeah yeah havana and coke with Ooh. a dash of lemon Okay. And that's one of my favorite drinks when I'm in Italy. Oh, it sounds so refreshing. Yes, because it's it's made in Cuba. It's called Havana mm. Club. And it's very, we can't get it in America because it's because of the embargo. Oh. So American people really don't know about it. Oh, so that's your special treat when you're living in Rome. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love that, Kenny. Mm. Thank you so much. I feel like I now know exactly what I need to do the minute I land in Rome. Get walking and get drinking and get enjoying the vibes. And get eating too because the restaurants oh. are fabulous. Sorry, the most important thing, of course. Is there one specific place that you would say you love to eat in Rome? Or oh. is it your own house? Because it sounds like you make pretty good food. Um, one of my favorites in the zone that I was living in this called this 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 fish restaurant in San Lorenzo. It's Ooh. called Franco's, right? Ooh. You go there and you spend like fifty dollars and you have this menu that just goes on forever and ever. That's my favorite like, thing about Italian like, food. It just goes on and on. Right. And on. It's like six, seven courses of fish 
with the wine included, oh. red or white. It's the house wine, mm-hmm. but the house wine in Italy is something that you just can't believe. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So all of that comes to seven courses of fish with the red wine, $50, San Lorenzo, Rome. One of my um, favorite places that I've been maybe hundreds of times I've been there. Oh my God, I'm getting on a plane right now. I need that f- seven course dinner in me. You travel a lot for work, Kenny, obviously, you know, DJing all over the world. Do you ever use travel as a form of self-care? I use it as a form of meditation. Mm. When I'm on a plane, I practice my breathing. I make sure that I get up and I stretch. I try to think about positive things. I get some writing done and some paperwork that I have. I'm able to relax and do that. So, yes, I find it a form of relaxation and I'm able to meditate and get back on track. That's amazing. I think it's so important as well for our mental health, especially when you're a DJ and you're working late nights and doing long hours. You need to find those moments of relaxation. And then when you kind of arrive in the countries that you're visiting or that you're traveling to, do you find elements of self-care? Like what's your self-care whilst you're on that trip? Well, I usually try to take advantage of any of the hotel amenities no. Oh, yeah. Yes. Sometimes when I'm abroad, like in um, places like Mykonos or whatever, you know, yeah. a lot of those hotels have spas, swimming pools, you know, relaxation sites. Or whatever. And we know the W does those well. So you've got something to look forward sure. to when you get to Rome. <laughs> sure. I take advantage of that when I'm on a world. Absolutely. And I guess walking is a form of self-care, isn't it? Kind of getting out of your own head and just... That's something that I do every day. You know, I'll be 64 years old in October. You don't look a day over 21. Yeah, no, come on. Yeah. But I have to look after my health. Yeah, you know, Especially at this stage of my life. You know, and especially with all of this madness going around now. No, it's, it's understandable and it's also brilliant to hear. And I love that you kind of take those moments when you're traveling. How has Rome changed you, do you think, as a person? You know, one thing, Rome opened my mind. You can't compare New York City to Rome. It's just so different. New York City is like 400 years old, 300 years old. And Rome is like thousands and thousands of years. There's thousands of years of culture there. Mm. So so that opened my mind. It changed me. I've never thought of that as well. That Mm. literal thing of New York's been around for, you know, a few hundred years, whereas this Mm. place has been around for thousands of years. It's like... Of course, that's going to change the energy of a whole place. You know, when I first moved there, I lived in San Lorenzo. And I had this, like, patio thing from the apartment, you know, so we could go out onto this um, roof deck, you know? Yeah. And there was a tree that overhung the roof deck. And it's a tangerine tree. Once every year, all of these tangerines grow and you can eat them. Yeah. And we would enjoy it. And it's the sweetest thing when you put it. Oh, my Lord. That is huge. From New York to that is mad, isn't it? I'm telling you, the fruits, the vegetables, the seafood, it's all great there. Absolutely. It's one of, one of the things I miss the most. This is a bit of a deep question, but I really like it. Have you ever used travel to better yourself and or the world? I feel like I'm bettering the world when I'm playing music abroad. Because I'm bringing, you know, you know what I tell people is that I don't really know what I'm doing. It just happens. So when, when I'm playing music, there's a spirit that comes over me. I don't know what the next selection is, but it's going to happen. Oh, you know? I love and that. that spirituality can be passed from one person to the next. When I'm in a room, whatever, and there's 2,000 people in the room, 
they're connected to me when I'm playing the music. They're feeling me. It's something, it's a, a, a vibration there. Yeah. And I try to keep that about love. Yeah. And that's how I'm making the world a better place because I'm spreading love with music. I really love that. And I, I feel that coming from you as well. Right. Mm -hmm. In this conversation, like everything mm -hmm. we've touched on, it just feels like that's how you live your entire life, not just when you're playing. Right. And that makes a difference in many people's lives, in my opinion. It definitely does. It definitely does. When do you first remember not having to remember that you were queer when you were in Rome? You know, as a queer person, is there a moment when you remember, oh, I don't have to think about this right now or anymore? You know, I, I never had to remember that I was gay, even when I was in America. Mm -hmm. And even less so when I'm in Italy, because gays are, are much more accepted. Even in America, I never had to remember. I know I'm focused on that always is that I'm a gay man. But it's not something that I carry. I just try to live my life like everybody else. You know, I don't have to just deal with gay issues as being a black American. There are other issues that I have to deal with in this country that are even, even worse. Let me tell you what happened yesterday. Tell me. I was staying in a hotel in New York. I spent the night in a hotel. Mm -hmm. My room was on the 21st floor. Mm -hmm. When I went to get on the elevator, there was another guy waiting, a white guy who was waiting to get on the elevator. So when I got on the elevator with him and he pressed 21, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to 21. And he said, can I see your room key? And I said, yeah, I, I'm on the 21st floor. I don't know why I did it. I should have never showed it to him, but I did. And then he, um, he still was nervous and he got off the elevator. Now, you know, this is the kind of things that black people in America have to deal with. I don't have to deal with that in Italy. I don't have to deal with somebody getting off the elevator because I'm black. I'm so sorry to hear about that experience. And I, yeah. I can't imagine, I can't imagine mm. even close what it's like. You know, but... you never know what racism is like until it's directed no. at you. Mm -hmm. You understand? Yeah, absolutely. I have no concept even ha close to it, you know? You know, so the fact that I'm gay, that's like second down the line. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know? Well, I'm grateful to you, Kenny, for being a black queer man in this industry and being such a positive role model and message to so many people. And I'm just Thank grateful you. that you are so authentically yourself, even when you are challenged and put upon by racist, homophobic, you know, etc. people. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that you are you. And so thank you for that. And thank you for all that you do for your fans and for everybody. Thank you. I love this next question because I feel like it's really you because I know that you have some family now in Rome. So finding that family, feeling that safety in that area, what does that mean to you having that sort of chosen? I guess it's like a chosen family, isn't it, in, in Rome? You know what I, what I tell everyone is that, that they are my adopted family. Yeah. They adopted me. <laughs> <laughs> my friend's mother, Carmela and Pepe, very close. I'm very close to them in their family. They've accepted me years and years ago as one of the family members, more than 20 years ago. And when they love you, they love you so dearly. It's just... Oh, I love the, to hear it. The Roman people are everything. I everything. can't wait for you to be able to get back to them. That's going to yeah. be so exciting. Yeah, it's um, coming soon. It's coming soon. Well, it's, time, it's almost time for the end of the show, and I've had such... Mm. A pleasure talking to you, Kenny. You're so wise and interesting and inspirational. What three pieces of advice would you give someone traveling in Rome? Make sure you're prepared to eat. 
and try to visit all the monuments and the restaurants because they could use your support right now. That's a brilliant thing to say. We need to be supporting local businesses. That's brilliant. Yes, especially now because, you know, during the lockdown, they lost a lot of money and they had to recover that. Absolutely. Well, I think we all need to go and visit there. That's what we need to be doing. That's right. That's right. Kenny, it's been so lovely to chat to you. Anybody visiting Rome is going to take so much away from this episode, whether it's about dancing, eating, seeing things, meeting new people. So thank you. I'm really grateful for that. Well, I hope they all go to Franco's because I'm yes. telling you, that place <laughs> is everything. Believe me. You'll see me there. You'll see me there, Kenny. I'll be waving at you. All right, darling. Thank you so much. Honestly, that Kenny, that was absolutely amazing. So thank you so, so much. Thank you. It was so incredible chatting to the living legend that is Kenny Carpenter. Queer Me Out Chasing Tales is a Gay Times and W Hotels original podcast series and is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a review, tell your friends, tell everyone. Be sure to follow Gay Times and W Hotels for the latest events and happenings around the world. If you're planning your next trip to Rome, be sure to follow W Rome on Instagram for all the latest goings on. And it is a beautiful hotel, so check it out. And if you want to find me on Instagram, it's at I am Harriet Rose. And of course, you can find the iconic Kenny at DJ Kenny Carpenter. 